Moncrief on News Talk. Now, according to a survey carried out in the UK, one Christmas tree simply isn't enough. 40% of the respondents, or at least those with kids, said they would have at least a second one. So where do you put it? And do you have to decorate it differently? The architect and artist Roisin Murphy can't have enough of them. Roisin, good afternoon to you. <laughs> good afternoon. <laughs> the, the, the time was is that you had, you know, the same old baubles and, and, and you stuck them on the tree every year until they kind of disintegrated and yes. that kind of thing. Now, is it more like there's a good tree as in and it's a more like a designer thing? I think the thing is you still have the baubles that are 20 years old. You can't throw them out because it could be incredibly bad luck. And you then have the tree, the seasonal designer trees. But it's where you prioritise these depends on the age of your children, I think. Because so, for kids, it's all about that sentimentality. They take them out. You remember this one, you, you know, all the paper designed ones. And then those of us who are obsessive about interiors have got our own perfect tree that we'll gaze on beautifully without the kids annoying us. OK, uh, describe your perfect tree then. Oh, uh, you know what? Sadly, it's one with just a simple set of lights, maybe clear glass balls. But that is, my children are allergic to that. They're like, what? They, well, how my, when my daughter was about four, she said, I'll put it like this. You like a Swedish tree. She knew exactly what I was talking about. I like a very bare tree. Right, yeah. And kids don't. Like they, they, they put their teddy on, then they have the stocking for the dog. And then it's all about Santa. He's going to come see the spectacular tree and usually more and more lights. And our, 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 there's a whole load of things that have to go on to it to make them, you know, to you know, satisfy their it Christmas needs. It needs to be fallen over, uh, essentially. Essentially, yeah. So, yeah, so, but your tree is more, it's kind of, <laughs> is Spartan too much of a word? I don't, I'm not allowed. Yeah. I don't get permission. It's like that, uh, that role has been removed from me. From whatever about the house, the tree, they took over and refused to allow me have my Spartan tree. So when they're gone out of the house, I'll have a Spartan tree. And in the meantime, uh, I do have a very nice tree because I have a really, uh, a very chic neighbour who owns a very chic shop in town article. And I was doing a press piece once about a tree and he sent me um, what was in vogue at the time, which were pink and brown and white baubles. And I thought, this is ridiculous, but they're still so beautiful. So I think if you invest in, a, and I still have them and they're still mm. gorgeous. So I think if you invest in a really good basic set of glass baubles, I think that's really key. To, and an anchor over the years for any tree, a good yeah. set of baubles. Yeah. And what colour is the tree? Is it a, like, is, do you get a real tree or I, do you get a, 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 a fake one? I get a real tree every year. I have uh, tinkered with the fake tree because we have somebody who has allergic rhinitis in the house. So I mm. wanted, a, I actually wanted an excuse to have a fake tree because we came from one of those households where a fake tree was really not the done thing. So <laughs> I got myself a nice white fake tree and put it in, in and, and did it with raft around ribbons and thought it was the goat and was informed by all my friends, this is horrific. And then my kids begged me to get a real tree. So then we went live tree. We had the tree that we tried to grow sustainably. And oh, yeah, that yeah. died really quickly. So then it was just, that was the, the saddest tree ever because you were spent your entire time, trying, not just trying to keep the pine needles on the tree, but to actually try and keep the tree alive for three weeks was really difficult. Because they don't like going indoors at no. all. They've been out in the, you know, no. and then there and stuff. When I planted it outside, it refused to grow. So I now have a live tree that I, or a dead tree that we go up to. We go to, a re, I get a set tree in the same place. It's up in the school for the, not the, it's the school for the blind. 
and we get a tree there every year up in, mm. off Grace Park Road and then they actually have really nice ones and it goes to a charity so I like that and everybody complains whoever picked it the rest of the year they, everybody goes that was a terrible tree you picked so I don't know does that sound familiar but it's that kind of you know they're the habitual things and then I they, I have for the very bossy children I have given them all a small tree they all have a small tree that they can do in their own room Okay so you're a, you're a five tree household No well the oldest child just thinks this is nonsense because he's in university now and quite clever okay. so the other two are still yeah it's not a bad plan and they deck, they have their own tree so, and we might put one in we always do the front of the house you put a few few old yeah. the little the conifer and the, 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 the trees they have themselves are they, they're fake trees yes are they? they are they yeah. come out of a box every year we did have the white fake tree though I'm going to say what happened okay. to it because you keep fake tree for 12 years and it it's the same achieves the same carbon neutrality as a real tree okay? yeah. Yeah. you must never burn a tree to be carbon neutral but the um, white tree eventually I still loved it and had you know this is sustainable I'm going to ke- kept it for many years and then one year it came out of the attic and it was yellow it was the colour of, of yeah it was really <laughs> rotten looking and it looked, looked like yellow tobacco snow, yeah. yellow yeah. snow so that's how that died that time but I have friends who have the same they but I have friend, many friends though who have two proper big trees one tree for the bay window at the front and one for the kitchen down the back see this is the thing that, yeah. that, that, a lot of this seems to be we're, we're going to have our posh kind of designerish tree and yes. that goes in the window and yeah. that's and that's not really for the family at all that's for the people passing by that's it's a, to, a massive thing isn't it I mean there's also the shame I, you go when will I put mine up? will I put mine up first get in with the latest trend in decorations or will I wait and see what the competition is like before I put the full show out in the front bay window for all the neighbours like it is, it's funny how competitive a streak can get in terms of Christmas yeah. decorations. Uh, especially those who get them up uh, really early. Yeah. The thing about your real tree, though, they're all yeah. like, they're not symmetrical. They're kind of wonky looking. That's the whole thing. They're discussed for the whole year. It's like, it's like the turkey. That tree, that was a good one. No, that wasn't good. That was too wide at the bottom, too short on the top. There's discussions every year about the shape of the tree and how the outcome of the picker is usually... And it does not offend your sensibilities as an artist uh, and an architect that yeah. you wanted to be. Well, hence the Perfectly perfect shaped. white artificial tree that you could guarantee a colour scheme and it reflected light. Now, I actually quite like the rawness of a tree. I'm not sure. There is part of me, though, that kind of thinks, have we been duped by the, the, the German prince all these years? Like, you know what I mean? Mm. There we were, no tree for many a year. And then um, was it Queen Victoria decided she was putting up a tree for the German That's husband? Right. Yeah. There we but are. But the Germans did do it for years, yeah. apparently. And I had a, a real candle those things that you pinch onto the branches as well the proper little candles at one point oh wow that was a tricky one that was really tricky that's delicate very delicate and very frightening to be able to do that yeah yeah you're there going will I burn the house down so once I got children that was it was gone but that was very spartan it was just little candles and they kind of brought out the smell of the pine tree it was lovely Mm. really nice and so where did uh, Santa leave the presents then Santa leaves the presents in he still does Sadly, even for the university children, um, uh, they go in uh, large red sacks underneath the tree. I hand under the big old, tree. Under the big tree, yeah. Yeah, okay. I think that's the thing that they come down and they're that that ritual is very kind of heartwarming and lovely. Yeah. I, I mean, still, I still really enjoy it. I think I'd be very sad when Santa doesn't come. I even say that to my old children; it drives them nuts. If you're a good girl, Santa will always come. <laughs> Because <laughs> he only doesn't come to people who don't want him to come. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, no, you know, like the presents are there and, and like they're a 
suddenly they turn into a bunch of savages and the tree <laughs> nor, nor half the time gets knocked over because, you know, they can't wait to get in there. I remember my favourite one was uh, one of my children got a present. Um, it was my daughter. She, we ordered this. She, Santa got her the stables and in the stables came a horse. It came an actual full-size horse the size of a small couch arrived <laughs> and I was like where did you get that? And it was in the box that Santa had dropped. It was amazing. I was genuinely was like wow. Wow. So we had a we had a, a, a completely unexpected horse arrival by Santa one year. It was probably the, the most um, shocking Christmas morning and it started four o'clock in the morning. Uh, the, Sinead wants to know my husband is, t- is telling me coloured lights are back this year please he, tell him he's wrong oh gosh Sinead you, he's right sadly oh, copper lights are still in but I think copper's had a moment a moment too far when the trees are now copper so coloured lights are the way to go yeah and do you how are you supposed you know there's 19 <laughs> settings on the lights is it supposed to be on all the time, twinkly? No, that that no. one that gives you can give you an epileptic fit. I think the epileptic fit one is bad. I think yeah. any moving lights, no. I think the coloured lights also. I wouldn't be tempted. I have to say, I would. I would say no to that as well. I would still go in a warm white. Never the blue white mm. and never the copper. The copper is over as well. Okay. Uh, and tell your husband he can put them on the tree down the back of the garden. They will be lovely. And he'd be happy enough. Yeah. With that. Yeah. Do you, do you put lights on the outside of your house? Uh, I put a, a, a you know a small selection of sparkling lights and a few candles go out on the outside of the house. I do like the old Christmas decoration. I think it's a, a, because of the darkness. I think it's the kind of thing you need to do. Oh yeah, I think yeah. it's part of the human condition. And if you look at any uh, kind of culture, they all seem to have a festival of lights like Diwali or whatever. We all at the same seasons. Mm. It's that darkness is so oppressive in winter that I think if it wasn't for Christmas and sparkling lights, it would be a long, cold, you know, time of year. It's, and it's an excuse to kind of light loads of candles. So, yeah, no, you're right. It is. Yeah, there's a kind of a, there's a great comfort. Well, I mean, apart from the ones where, you know, the ones you can see from space, sometimes <laughs> people put their houses on, I, I you know. Their electricity bills must be extraordinary. I and they're, they're up all right. They're the ones with the inflatables and the climbing Santas. <laughs> yeah. I, I have, I did. I had at one point judged the lights comp, the RT lights competition years ago, and that was extraordinary. Some of the uh, entries there were mad. There's a fellow down in Sandy Mount who does an extraordinary set. Of, like they all do it for charity. Yeah, but the, they're they're worth going. The really full on hardcore um, kind of homes that have a lit up are. Definitely worth a visit, I think. And a lot of them do it for charity. They have, they'll have a little give box at the front yes, yeah. that you can put them in. Yeah, indeed. So we, yeah, you know, normally normally put, people would put their lights up or get the tree out and all that stuff. This weekend, you can't because you're working. Yes, I'm working. I'm doing an exhibition with three other friends of mine, Cleaner Doyle, Ruth Hussey and Tracy Quinn. It's Foresight down in the City Assembly Hall. So we're in town uh, so it's very important for us all to go into town again. And we're doing a very short Christmas exhibition of paintings. Uh, mine, unfortunately, is featuring the dystopian world of Dublin City at the moment. <laughs> I've painted a load of derelict sites and some Georgian buildings. I have one pretty one of the botanics, but the girls have done absolutely beautiful work of um, flowers and much more uh, less depressing. So it's not quite depressing, but unfortunately, I realised I am the dyspo- dystopian artist. But it's 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 it's, it's uh, we meet We've met for 20 years, really, and we decided enough was enough and we were going to have an exhibition together. So, OK, that's yes. nice. Yeah. When you do, and when you, 
<clears throat> when you do a painting of yeah. a particular site, yeah. do you do, do it there on the spot or do you take pictures and then go? I have two, two or three places I've gone to since 2001. Um, so I am 22 years painting some of the, the one is the doorway on Drumconda Road. Uh, then there's the, where the City Arts place was on um, the Keys. Yeah. And then there's another, a couple of sites that I've gone to and then all of North Inner Georgian buildings. So um, I've been painting them for 20 years. So I'd sometimes, I used to go and sketch them, but there's some of the, dec- like this sounds terrible, but it's kind of watching the city around you. Mm. And I think I was in the last tenement on North Great George Street and stuff. But I think it was just a response to this. I'm really big into, I love Dublin. You know, I've always loved Dublin. So it was, I was having kids and it was kind of, it was my only response to the city, I think, because I used to do a lot of sit-ins and stuff to, for, I was a bit of a city activist, so I thought I better paint them. The kids are kind of no more sit-ins, mother. And it's very difficult to, con- to, to talk about the city because um, you're either, you know, it's, there's so many issues at the moment. So painting, it seems to be the only way I can stop being a complete pain to, to you know, to just paint it. It mm. expresses everything I feel about it at the moment because yeah. I'm I've, some of it's very sad at the moment. And if you've been painting the same yeah. places for years and years, mm. do, uh, do you go back sometimes oh, when yeah. you a couple of years later and you go, oh, it's better. No, hasn't okay. happened. I think I must be the unlook. I must don't let me paint your house because of one particular <laughs> one. Then the, I painted the door, and then the actual entire back of the building is all gone. You know, it's sort of like, and I, I kept thinking, oh, they're going to, they're going to do this building. This mm. thing is going to get renovated, and I realised, no, it's just going to sit there until the optimum planning has been found for it, and then they'll do whatever they're going to do in the meantime. The door sits there, just kind of hollowed out, like a. It's sad. Sad. That is sad. Yeah, sorry, I'm, but the exhibition is great. Believe me. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it is. Yeah, <laughs> you go back to this door, and then it's a hotel. Hotel surprise. No, it isn't even a hotel. It's like it's just like this kind of. T- t- but it is funny that you keep visiting it, and there's a. I can't. You know, there is so many beautiful parts of the city, though, still. Yes. Okay. so, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. And I would paint the botanics a lot, the interior of the Turner glass houses, which are always one of the finest uh, structures in the country. So I paint a lot of them. Yeah. Anyway, best of luck with the thank exhibition so this weekend, Roisin. And, and good and, luck with your tree. And thank Yes. And, and, and you too. Uh, Roisin Murphy there, the architect and artist. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.